All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here today. Tim's here being a little creepy. How are you, Tim? I'm not being creepy. I'm being silly. No. How are you? I hope they caught that on the video because that was a creepy maneuver. But yeah, I'm doing well. Just hanging out, you know, enjoying a nice Friday. I did my dance class yesterday with the kids and the wife. That was a lot of fun. I finally posted something on Instagram that you've been pounding me to do tim i did it it was fantastic and uh just living the dream you know what i mean it's living the dream what about you it was a cute picture how are the uh how are your dance moves um not great we did the the foxtrot so that's the one we learned I and mean, it's a four-step hand motions and you have to turn and walk and guide and lead it was good and it's funny to watch the, the little kids dance because there's the adults and then everybody has their kids and my like 12 and 10 year old you can tell as soon as it's like find a partner, they just get very uncomfortable. Oh, we got to dance with a boy because they're starting to, you know, get to that age where boys are pretty cute. Then, like we got a crush on this guy and then they dance with somebody and it's just all it's very, very fun to watch. It's good for them. So it was a nice night. They're going to do it for, I think, five more weeks. So I'll be a professional ballroom dancer, I think, by the end of it, which will be good. It'll be fun. Nice. How was the yes. uh, Hawks the Hawks broadcast last night? Oh, I tell you what, Tim. You watched some of this game. You saw me. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how I am on the broadcast, but it's fun watching this Hawks team. They have completely changed the way they play from the beginning of the season. They have no stars on their team. They have no no good NHL players on this team. Let's be honest. They're they're missing their first two lines and their best defenseman in Seth Jones. And they're playing their best hockey of the season. They're playing great. They played the uh, Winnipeg Jets last night, the best team in the NHL. They were up one nothing with three minutes to go. And then they collapsed, an absolute collapse. They let the Jets score two goals in one minute, and they lose just like that. It was so fast. And the night before, they did the same thing with the Oilers. They lose to the Oilers 2-1. to one. The night before that, they beat the Flames. But they go into the Rangers and New Jersey Devils, and they, they play really well against those two teams. They are in every single game. It's because they just... They're not trying to do too much. It's, there's something to be said about just keeping it simple and not trying to, you know, do these fancy offensive plays and this and that and the ticky-tacky east-west stuff. They just go north-south and they hit people and they play responsible defensively. And it's a hard thing to do these days 
and teams don't like playing against it. But the, it's just it's isn't it funny how it works out? You sign all these guys in the offseason, you get Connor Bedard, you think you're gonna take a step forward. You only play your best hockey when all those guys are gone. Just interesting how life works like that. I yeah, I, I caught, think it's fun. I caught um maybe the first ten minutes of the third period. So only, you know, half a period, but it was it was actually I was impressed by the Hawks because they were like they're just outworking the other team. And they and they would just constantly pressure, constantly put bodies on, constantly chasing the puck, and they would just go back the other end. But then once they got to the offensive zone, they couldn't really do anything. You know, like there's no sustained pressure, no cycling, no like it's hard to get a shot on net. So it was hard to sustain anything offensively back the other end. But they just kept turning it backwards. They just kept skating hard and, and making it really difficult for the Jets. So I thought it was a good it was a good game for them. They ended up losing, unfortunately, but I was impressed. Yeah, it's I wonder if coaches see this and show this to their teams because I watch all their games now. It's just a part of my job. I'm on TV. It's, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's a lifestyle choice. Um, if other coaches see that and tell their players, hey, like, this is how you're supposed to play the game, and then you add that offensive ingredient that the Hawks don't have right now, then you become a better team. Because Winnipeg should have rolled over the Hawks. But what I've noticed now is the retaliatory penalties that the Hawks get it's almost nightly they get at least a couple. They'll finish a check. They'll be in somebody's face, and the guy will react. They'll cross-check him in the back. They'll slash him. They'll just do something. And it, I, like, I don't think it always used to be like that. I don't think people are used to being hit on a consistent basis night in and night out anymore. So it's definitely a loss to art to just be a hard-nosed, sandpaper team. And guys don't like playing in that in that environment. So the Hawks, if they bring that every single night, you get power. They're not going to score in the power plays. Their power plays garbage. But you know, people don't like being hit and being in your hip and just having people around you all the time. They're used to just free flowing, you know, no contact league basically nowadays. So the Hawks, if they continue this and they kind of fold in some of their talented guys, they might they might be an okay hockey team. They're still they're still going to be in a lottery pick this year. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it, it's at least they're showing some sign of life. Just so. Good. The, the last thing and what we need an update on before we get into our topics of the day is the chickens. People have been asking, I see the comments on YouTube, on Twitter. What can you tell us about them? Yeah, I wish I had better news. Um, <laughs> the, the, the chickens are living a very solitary life. Um, they just stay in the car most of the day because it's so cold. They, they venture out once in a while during the day. And that's it. It's it's just very mundane. Just because it's been snowing, it's been cold. We open up the back gate most days. And they just kind of stay in there. There's only three of them. So they have a lot of room. I bought some hay, so the hay's nice and fresh. They're nice and warm. I don't want any PETA activists showing up at my door. Yeah, give them a heater. Start a fire for them. They're fine. But yeah, it's... They're not giving any eggs out, Tim. It's just useless. I just feed them, and the kids give them water, and then they just go they sleep all day. Are the kids Drink all day? Are the kids still excited about the chickens? Do they still no. love them? No, they've moved on to winter activities. Now they're skating. Now they're <laughs> sledding. It's not the you know like the the allure, the initial shine of them is worn off. Now it's almost become like a chore. Like you have to put the chickens away tonight. You got to close the gate, or the possum's going to get in there. Oh, I don't want to. Oh. So it is what it is. You know what I mean, Tim? It's kids. Their attention is fleeting. You have to keep them shiny things. Look here, look here, look here. As soon as there's something better, they got some sleds for Christmas and they're gone. Good. 
I'm going to go more next year. We've already researched buying chicks and upgrading the coop. So once the snow melts, we're going to really dig into that. I'll keep, I'll keep you posted. But right yeah, now, everybody... We're still waiting for a picture, though. There's no... I should take a picture, yeah. It's very pretty on my property, you know, the snow and the, the trees. It's very nice. You know what else is pretty, Tim? Give better. I love it. I downloaded the app the other day. I went to givebetter.app slash DTG. And it's so incredibly simple. You just download the app. I did my swipes. I did the Kansas City Miami game as well, Tim. I just went over everything because I think it's going to be a shootout. Even though the weather is going to be junky, I went Kelsey over the yards, Tyreek Hill over. Everything was over. And it's just they make it crazy simple. I've never been on Tinder. Tim is actively on it during the show, so I can watch him do it. He's always swiping. And just he he swipes and then he gets a depressed look on his face because I don't know if you don't match with them, but something happens there. But it's very similar to this Give Better app. It's just very fun. You see a face, you see a stat, you either agree with it or you don't, or you can just pass because you're not sure. Then you can come back to it. And they give you just multiple options for every game. They did a couple of football games or some NBA games. They're going to have hockey games. It's really neat. You get to see the player. You get to see what stats. So it was... Travis Kelsey over under 70 yards receptions. And I was like, over, over. He's going to kill that. Then it goes to Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes. I think there was a running back involved. And then if you don't like it, you can just move on. Endless opportunities there. It's just really fun, really simple. And like we said last show, all you have to do is nail five right in one game. If you get all five right, they give you $100. That's it. You don't have to give them any credit card information. You don't have to give them anything. You just go up, download the app. I think I gave him my phone number. That's it. And then you play the game. So check it out. And on top of that, it, it's just a great company. So if you are going to sports bet, if you are going to gamble, do it on Give Better. It's just a fun way to do it. If you do fantasy hockey, fantasy baseball, fantasy football, it's kind of a neat thing to do. And then if you date, Tim, you're you're in the dating field. It's, you could do it too. So if you do any of those things, you should download this app. So go to givebetter.app slash DTG. If you're single and on Tinder, or if you're in a relationship and on Tinder too, like yeah, no judgments. If you're married, you shouldn't do that. Um, if you like fantasy sports, if you like gambling, uh, do it. It's fun. Or if you just like our show, you should do it too because it helps us out. So all across the board, download the app, check it out. Give yourself a chance to win $100 too. It's very easy. If you're a kid, ask your parents, but just do it in like a, a John Scott wants me to download this fun app. That's all you have to say. And then download it and you win $100. Then you can use that $100 to buy them something. That's that I cover it everything, is. Tim? Yeah, that last one is really important, though, helping the show. It really is a huge favor to us. And I, I made my picks yesterday for the Celtics game last night. I hit on four out of five. I missed just one. I forget which one. It was one of the for the uh, their opponents. Um, but I was pretty close. So it's, it's that easy sometimes. But now you have to get back on the horse. Yeah, every day. Do it again. Every day is a clean start. It is fun. All right, let's, we, we actually had a little update, too. From yesterday, we had a long, drawn-out conversation about Trevor Zegras and his future with the Anaheim Ducks and Pat Verbeek shopping him on the open market. He's a 21-year-old, two-time 20-plus goal scorer, very highly coveted player. Lo and behold, they were withholding some information from us and the hockey world. Trevor Zegras suffered a broken ankle on Tuesday, and he'll have surgery in the near future, and he'll be out approximately six to eight weeks. Wah, 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 wah. There goes that trade opportunity, because if I'm a GM, I'm going to want to wait till this guy's get back on the ice to make sure his ankle's all healed up before I go kicking the tires and giving up first rounders for a potential superstar in this league. 
pretty pretty bad timing, isn't it, Tim? If you're Pat Verbeek, it is. But that was kind of my question for you. And obviously, like him being hurt diminishes his trade value. But if you're a GM, isn't this also an opportunity to get a really good player on the cheap? Where he was already like rumored to be on the blocks, you can go in and get him. Now his value is even lower than it was. Six to eight weeks for a broken ankle—that's a serious thing. But at the end of the day, it's a three-year contract. You know what I mean? Like he could be later, okay, later this season, let alone next season and the year after that. Wouldn't this be an opportunity, or is that too much? Too many unknowns when you're talking about an ankle like that. Well, I, I just think—I don't know. I don't think Verbeek's going to trade him for low. I think he's going to demand something pretty high for this guy. It's not like he's just going to give them give him away. And just because he has an ankle injury doesn't diminish his value in my eyes for Pat Verbeek. He's still going to want top dollar for this superstar. You know, he's on the front of a video game for Pete's sake. Like he's got some value there. So it's unfortunate. I think it delays the time, the timeline. If he gets traded this year, I don't, I don't think it's still way further down the road until he's healthy. You can't trade for this guy expecting to boost your team up this year for the playoffs when you don't know his status. So what is that? Eight weeks that's two months that puts us into goodness gracious already March. So it's going to be a trade yeah. deadline decision. So maybe he doesn't get dealt this year. That could be the the death knell to the trade rumors for Trevor's Egress for this season. But yeah, unfortunate, very unfortunate. This team, Anaheim, woof. They're they're a bad hockey team. Yeah, Moving unfortunate. On. Maybe he's a draft, 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 draft day trade. I hope so. Get him somewhere happy. I I, I did a lot of thinking about him the last couple of days and he needs to get out of that situation. I think I was a little hard on him with the, the Michigan goal and this and that he's a, he's a very talented player. I think he just needs to be pushed a little bit. He needs to be motivated. Maybe, maybe uh, Anaheim's just not the right spot for him. So greener pastures. I, I have, I have some hope for Trevor Zegers. I'm trying to turn a new leaf Tim. positive, right? New year, new year's. What was your new year's resolution? You didn't tell me. It was not to tell you that was my resolution to have one, but not tell you. Okay. Um, what are yours? we talking about today, Tim? What's that? What's yours? If you're gonna not play the game, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like <laughs> indulge you. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not one of those guys. Please, please tell me, Tim. I'm dying to know. If you're gonna be a little coy about it, that's fine. We can move on. What are we okay. what are we doing today on the show? Well, I thought it'd be good to talk about some of these players that we've kind of overlooked on the show. Cause we talk about like the major trades, the injuries, the storylines, the drama in places like Boston and Edmonton and Toronto. But there's a lot of players having really good seasons that for whatever reason, we just haven't had time to touch on the show. So I thought it'd be good to take, you know, the next, you know, bit here and talk about some of these players who are doing really, really good things. Many of which are, many of whom are having career years. Um, and I want to start down south in Florida with Sam Reinhardt. He's got 30 goals, 53 points. His pace right now is 59 goals, which would tie Burray for the franchise record in Florida. Like that's how good of a season he's having. He's having a really wow. good year. And here's the thing. He's a pending UFA. He is up for contract. He's 20, 28 years old, right now making $6.5 million, monster season. The big question for Reinhardt, obviously, is whether Florida can afford to sign him. And if you look at their cap, you would think, Probably not. They just don't have the cap room if he's going to demand the same type of numbers that deservedly so that Nylander's going for, that signed for, that Pedersen's going to try to sign for. But what Florida has going for them is this, the low state income tax. As Frank pointed out on Twitter, the tax disparity at eight years and $9 million is going to put more money in, in Reinhardt's pocket than Nylander did signing for 11 and a half in Toronto. Just is that big of a difference. So that's what they have going for them. 
Um, but yeah, Reinhardt's someone we haven't really talked much about, John. It, right. Not rightfully so. I feel like he gets overshadowed by Kachuk, by Barkov, by by those guys in Florida and the Huberto trade a few years back. But he he's such a strange player. He gets drafted second overall in 2014, comes into a Buffalo situation that he should have really flourished. A young team. He's given all the opportunities in the world, playing alongside some pretty good talent with Jack Geichel. You had Taylor Hall there for a year. You had some good players in Buffalo, and he always put up good numbers. I, I was actually shocked when you had him on the agenda. I went back and looked at his stats. He's a pretty solid player to him. Like, he's never really had a down season. He's never really taken off and had the 100 or 95-point season like you want a second overall pick to do. But all in all, he's pretty consistent for an NHL player playing in a team with the Sabres who weren't really that offensively gifted. And now coming to Florida, his career has taken off. His first year, he gets 82. Last year, he slows down a little bit, but gets 31 goals still. And now this year, he's just really taken that role of a first-line right winger, and he's just gone. He's got 53 points, like you said, 30 goals. I, I, I don't know what to say. You figure you would need to lock this guy up, especially after you lose Huberto. You lose a, like one of your star players. You bring in Kachuk. You have to maintain some kind of top-end talent with the Florida Panthers. I, I, there's no way they can't sign him, right? I, I don't know what else they would do with that first line. It doesn't make sense to let him walk. You just all of a sudden, I don't know, Ryan Lumberg is your next, next biggest option there in Florida. So to me... If I'm the Panthers, you have to make this work. You're going to have some money come off the books this year with some some lower-end guys. I know you have Barkov and Kachuk both making $10 bucks. Your defense is still a huge question mark, but you can't let a guy like this walk. He's 28 years old. He's coming into his prime. It looks like he's kind of figured out his game, and he gets 30 goals a year, Tim. There's how many guys who can average 30 a year that consistently and not be a pain in the neck about it. That's the thing. He seems like he's just a low-maintenance, like a – fun guy to be around and he just goes out there and does his job so if, if i'm gosh it's wild he has the same amount of points as willie nylander in his career like they're very comparable year to year i know willie's played yeah. 100 less games but from year on year they're pretty close and willie nylander gets to play with some high-end guys every single night so like he should demand that nine to ten million dollar range i don't care about state taxes i know that means a lot to people what if you get traded? Yeah, that, that goes out the window. You know what I mean? So I, I think players, they take that into account maybe later on in their career. But this is his chance to cash in. This is his first time as a UFA. He's going to really want to cash in. He's not going to just give them a hometown discount because they play in Florida. I think he shoots for the moon. He's going to go for $10 million plus based on the comparables. Cap's going up. He deserves it. He still has six, seven good years left on his body. $10 million bucks. I feel like that's his asking price right now based on this year. Yeah, the only part that makes me a little bit squeamish is just the fact that I'm always my, – my radar's up when a player's having their best season of his career in a contract season. We talked about that many times, and he's a very good player. I'm not trying to knock him in any way, but, like, if he's closer to a 70 to 80-point player and not the 90-plus that he's going to score this year, you know you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what he's playing for, and usually those contracts don't always age well where – He's going to be a good player. Maybe he's making more than he should. Um, but you have no choice if you're Florida. you got to sign him anyway. This is the year he's having. This is the the, the year that you have to sign him. So, um, yeah, good player. Really good player. I know. It's it's funny. I, I said that about Nylander last show, about me being worried about him reverting back to the 80-point guy like he always is. 
I feel like Reinhardt is in a different situation. He's proven it time in and time out that he's going to score 30, 35 goals. Like, I, I feel like his trajectory is a little bit better than in Willie Nylander, oddly enough. I feel like Nylander has been in the prime position, a pretty sweet spot for the last three, four years, and he's played well, but I don't think he is going to get any better. Does that make sense? I feel yeah, like Reinhardt, totally. he was he was buried in the lineup a little bit for the last few years. This year, they've kind of taken the reins off of him. He's on the first power play unit, first line. He's getting a ton of minutes, and it's translating into a breakout season for him. I know he had that last year, but last year as a whole for Florida, it was just a weird year. Everybody was off. They didn't have a good season. They came on at the end of the playoffs, obviously, but during the regular season, everybody was just garbage. I think this is the this is maybe the real Sam Reinhardt. When you give him a little bit of room and give him some opportunity, like he's he's going to put up fifty goals to him if it continues. This is incredible. So I I might be a little bit more bullish on a Sam Reinhardt than I am a Willie Nylander. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking now. His best year was two seasons ago was 82 points, which is the same year that Huberdeau had 115. That was the year that Florida scored over four goals a game. So that again yeah. just makes you. I know the GMs and all this, they're aware of all these stats and the data and everything, but it's just something to keep an eye on if you're a Panthers fan. But I think he does sign. I think his number is probably north of, you know, nine and a half, ten million dollars if he's taking a discount. And he's, he'd be re- well within his rights to ask for eleven and a half that Nylander just got. So we'll see what he ends up going for. It's bonkers that salaries are like that now. <laughs> like yeah. it's absolutely bonkers. The normal salary now will be seven to ten million dollars for a good player. It's but wild. The, stuff. the the league man hasn't jumped up at all, really, has it? Mm-mm. No, it's just squeezing out the middleman. It's been doing it for years. They're very yeah. rare. Do you see guys in like the two three million dollar range? It's either league minimum one million, and then it just jumps up to four plus. That two to three million dollar range is a dying player. There's a, every every team has a one. But it's, there's not as many as there used to be. There used to be an overload of that kind of middle area. Now it's just gone. You want the high-end guys, spend all your money on them, and then you just try to fill in the rest of your roster. So good for Sam yeah. Reinhardt, though. I, I feel happy yeah. for this kid. He he endured some tough years in Buffalo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Heavy criticism. He was there, was he? Uh, no, he came in the year, a couple years afterwards. But I played against him for a few years. Good player. Just kind of goes about his business, does his job, but gosh, he he was on some losing teams with the Buffalo Sabres. Never made the play, obviously, never made the playoffs with the Sabres, but phew, some tough, tough years. All right, moving on, Tim. Who's having another good year? Zach Hyman in Edmonton. You think of Edmonton, you think of the two workhorses, obviously, but Zach Hyman's actually leading the team in goals. He's got 26 goals, 42 points, and he's been a huge reason that the Oilers have climbed out of the basement over the last six or eight weeks. He's got eight goals in his last eight games. He has a hat trick this season. Uh, last week he's just scoring in bunches right now he's got great chemistry he's playing on the power play and it's interesting because when you think of Hyman especially going back to his days in Toronto you think of him as like a secondary scoring option he's a role player who's got some offensive pop on his game hard nose play all situations play the the late game uh all that sort of thing but he's a complimentary player to the top dogs to the Matthews to McDavid to Drysdale to Marner but he's leading this team like I said and he's <clears throat> really earning every inch of that contract and more to the point where people are saying this is one of the better free agent signings in in the last five or 10 years, if not the best, just because of the way he's performing right now. He's in the second year of an eight-year deal, maybe third year, um, making only five and a half. He's just playing really, really good. And it's good to see a, a role player who does a little bit of everything have this type of offensive success. 
Yeah, fifth round draft pick. So kind of came out of nowhere for the Toronto Maple Leafs, worked his way into the role that he had with the Leafs, just systematically raising, rising through the ranks. I feel like the Leafs do the same thing a lot of teams do. They put all their talented guys on the first line, see if it works, doesn't work. Who's going to fit? Who's going to fit? Who's going to fit? All of a sudden they have Zach Hyman playing with Marner and Matthews. And it just took off from there because Zach Hyman does something that not a lot of people like to do. We mentioned how the Hawks play a hard game physical. That's what Zach Hyman does. But he also adds the offensive impact that not a lot of guys can do. He helps his his wingers, his centermen, who are high-end guys. He gets in on the forecheck. He's not just a waste of space on the wing. He can actually make plays and make passes, and he's valuable out there. So he is one of those players who is a five-tool guy. We talk about it in baseball. He hits home runs. He hits for average. He can bunt. He has speed. He can field. This, this guy does it all. He's a five-tool player for hockey. Power play, penalty kill. He can hit. He can be responsive defensively, and he's very good on the offensive end, Tim. Like, he does it all. And I think he, much like Sam Reinhardt has taken off with Florida with a bigger bigger role, he's taken off with Edmonton. He played good in Toronto. Don't get me wrong. He was getting 50, 30, 37 points per year. Okay. Goes to Edmonton, gets a little more responsibility. It doesn't it doesn't hurt. He's riding shotgun to McDavid his whole, his whole time there. But he's getting 25, 35 goals every single year. He's putting up 80 points last year for Pete's sake, point per game. So, Zach Hyman, I, di- I didn't realize he was leading the team in goals. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, really, really special year for him. And we'll move along because we've got a few to get to. Philippe Forsberg is the next oh, one. Oh, am I talking here. too much? <laughs> no, no, just no. You're doing great. You're doing fantastic, John. 21 goals, 24 assists, 45 points for Forsberg. He had 42 goals two seasons ago. Then he signed that huge ticket, eight years, eight and a half million per then he had a down year last year, and we were pretty critical of him. And it's not that uncommon to have a great year, like we just said, on your contract year, and then not really live up to it the following year. A lot of guys, you just you have that security, you don't have that edge to play for. And we were critical of him, but he has resurged this year. He's already surpassed last year's numbers. We only had 50, 50 games played, 42 points. He's already got 45 this year. Um, Nashville's currently second in the wild card race, and he's the main driver of their offense, along with, obviously, Roman Yossi on the back end. Yeah, they had to make a decision, the Predators. They they jettisoned a lot of players. They got rid of Tanner Janot. They got rid of Matt Duchesne. What are we going to do with Fleet Forsberg? They decided to, to build around him, basically. Him and Roman Yossi were the cornerstones of this team, and then you got their goalie, UC Sarles. And last year, we I, I predicted he was going to lead the league, Tim, in goals. Like I, I thought he was going to have a takeoff year. I thought he was going to just continue that 42 is going to get 52 is going to be his year didn't happen for whatever reason nashville goes into a somewhat of a rebuild this year they bring in ryan o'reilly very shocking signing i think ryan o'reilly just wanted to be in nashville honestly he had been around the block won his stanley cup tried toronto hated toronto he's a country singer he likes that environment so he just signed in nashville all of a sudden he's playing with fleet forsberg and gustav nyquist they, they're very good very good line they're pretty much the only offense the Nashville Predators have. After that, it just drops off dramatically. It's three lines of just hard-nosed kind of grinder-type players. And Philippe Forsberg is embracing his role as the, the gunslinger on this team. He is their goal scorer. When they need a goal, when they need some offense, it's him and him alone. Ryan O'Reilly is a good setup man. He He's good. But it's Philippe Forsberg's team, and thank goodness for the Nashville Predators because this guy's locked in for another six years. He's playing well. And when you look at that deal, if he's going to continue to put up 100 points, 40-plus goals, 8.5 million looks pretty good on the Nashville Predators, don't you think? Based on these guys who are signing the last 
few weeks and months where they're getting 10, 10 and a half, 11 million dollars. I would much rather have a Philippe Forsberg who's 28. He's mature. He knows how to play the game. He's been to the playoffs, had long playoff runs with Nashville Predators. He's put up 40, 30, 30 goals in his career. I like that compared. No offense to Willie Nylander and Sam Reinhart. I'm taking Forsberg over those guys. Doesn't it feel like Forsberg is older than they are? You yeah, it I feels mean? like he's been around for a while. But he's only 28. They're roughly the same age. So it, it just – give me a Philippe Forsberg. He just seems like he's a more mature, more controlled hockey player who can do it all in all types of situations. So he's really carrying this Nashville Predators team who ha- and has no no reason to compete like they are right now. He's, he's doing really, really good with Ryan O'Reilly. So, so skilled, so talented. When we talked two years ago, when he had that major year, 42 goals, 42 uh, assists, 84 points, we was kind of like thinking, okay, he's about to join the upper echelon of like legit 1A superstar players where we'll maybe a year from now, we were thinking he's got as many as Matthews or he's got as many as McDavid or Dreisaitl. He's on that level. And obviously he didn't do it. And for that reason, combined with playing for a smaller hockey market, He's kind of slipped under the radar. He's kind of become an afterthought in like the major hockey narratives. Mm-hmm. Certainly on this show, we haven't talked about him, but he's reminding us all how, how talented he is, how good he is, that he can drive a team, that he can be that guy on a, on what right now is a playoff team. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out over the course of the rest of the year. Well, he'll continue to produce, but do you think Nashville? I don't think they make the playoffs. It's it's a great story so far, but yeah, they just like I mentioned, they're not deep enough. Yeah, they're the cracking right deep. there. You know, the crack and our cracking on their door. You know what I mean, Tim? Yeah. Well, the next one here, we talked about him, but for different reasons, Valerie Nichuskin is actually having a great is season. Is he the guy last year with the hotel and his girlfriend? He said he was going to kill her and all the cops. I can't confirm or deny. Was he the guy, though? Is that him? It was him. I don't remember. Was. 100% it's Nishushkin, isn't it? It has to be. Yeah, it yeah, was. That's, it was. Yeah, that sneaky Russian. Look at him. All of a sudden, he's scoring some goals. Everybody forgot about it. He's on my fantasy team, I think, Tim. You need to have a closed-door meeting with this guy. No, um, as long as he's producing, you can do whatever he wants. <laughs> that's, and well, you know my team model. Just win, baby. He's got, Al Davis. he's got 42 points already. His career high is 52, which is low. I, I would have thought it would be much higher than that. I thought he'd be maybe like a 70-point player on a good year. Um, when you're doing no th- sugar in the bathrooms, you don't care about putting up points. You're just party time, baby. Yeah, cups, who cares? Yeah. yeah. And he's got a team-friendly deal if he can, keeps up this level of play, of play. He's the second year of an eight-year contract making 6.125 per Playing really well. And when you think about like the top dogs and the Avalanche, who are as good as any team in the league, obviously Nate, McCarr, Brantonin's right there. And then after that, it's Nachuskin. He's the one that's helping carry the load. He's the one that's getting a lot of favorable offensive matchups because the teams and the defensemen and, and the forwards and the other team are all focusing on those other guys. And he's able to sneak in and do his thing. And he's really producing. He's been a big part of uh, Colorado's offense this year. Yeah, it's been a long time coming for this guy because he's had years of just failed rep. What what would you call it? Expectations where people just they give him all the chances in the world and he just blows it. He was a high round draft pick for the Dallas Stars. I remember playing against a kid. He's a moose, six four, probably two twenty five, like just a hard guy to get off the puck, and just couldn't seem to put it together for whatever reason. You could tell the skill was there. He had a good first year, and then it just kind of. I think he I honestly think the NHL life got to him. He comes into the league, he has a little bit of a success, 
and then he, you know, tastes the success a little bit too much, starts partying, starts going out. It affects your game. You're in Dallas. Life is big. Everything's bigger in Dallas. So I think that really happened to him because when you look at his next two, three years, very pedestrian. For a guy who comes in and puts up 14 goals, like 30 or 40 points his first year, to then get 29, 10, like injury shortened season gets one point. Like it's something else is going on other than you focusing on hockey. So the trade to Colorado was good for him. It was almost a wake up call. Like, hey, like this, this is not something that you get given to. You have to work for it. Slowly but surely figures out how to be an NHL player. And I think two years ago was when he really took off. Just 50 points, helps him get a long playoff run, wins the cup. You know, and now he's he's a bona fide, not a star, but I think he's a very productive second line guy that's, that's needed for Stanley Cup runs. And yeah, with the way salaries are going, six and a half, the drop in the bucket now, Tim, that's good. Yeah, he had nine goals and 15 points in that playoff run two seasons ago. So a huge part of that. And uh, he's doing it again this year. Another player I want to talk about. The don't forget guy. he like beat the tar out of his girlfriend, right? I, I don't know what happened. Didn't he leave, leave her for that's, dead in the hotel room or something? Allegedly. We don't, we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. But apparently her ID was missing and that means certain things. Um, what does that mean when her ID? Is she underage? No, not a family friendly topic, John. We should move on. Is he like threat? Like, was her pat? I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when you're older. Um, Noah Dobson, the defenseman for the Islanders, outstanding season. Six goals, 36 assists, 42 points in the year. He had four assists last night and a big comeback win over Toronto. Only 24 years old. We talked about him before a little bit, but not not much this season. He's quietly averaged 50 points over each of the past two seasons, which I had no Crazy. idea. 49 and 50, 51. Uh, he's on pace for about 80 now. So even if he slows down a little bit, he'll still land, you know, north of 65, 70. He's on the first pairing. He runs the power play one. Only Hughes and McCarr have more points than him this year. I don't know how he slipped under the radar as much as he has, but he is a legit star defenseman, just putting up some serious points and logging the big minutes. Which, when you look at him, he's 6'4". He's two, like, he's a big dude. So when you expect to see like this points getting third among D men for power play or for points, it's like you shouldn't be six foot four, two hundred pounds. You should be like McCarr. You should be like Hughes. You should be five nine and be like a little water bug out there. The guy's a good D man. I was shocked. Much like a few other guys in this list, I had to go back and check. I'm like, really? He he has that many points? He's only this age? Like He's a legit player, Tim. He's been doing it for the last three years. Like, he's going to be, if he already isn't already, a superstar. I think the reason he gets overlooked is because he plays for the Islanders. People just assume if you play for the Islanders, you're a stay-at-home, grizzly defenseman who just does the little things and just is very responsible defensively. But then you look at his numbers, you go, holy cow, this guy's a pretty good puck-moving defenseman. And I think just the eye test, too, he's so big. But, yeah, he's a good – the Islanders. I don't know – why can't they win? Like, why can't they just know. go out and be, you know, a, a good team? You bring in Bo Horvat, you got these all these vets. I guess they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row and ran it to Tampa. But yeah, and Sorokin's having the worst season of his career, really. Um, which is, I spent a second round pick on him in fantasy, so that's that's not great. That's not great. Why you drafted um, a goalie in the second round? Just the way that, because I had the last pick, I think it's just, I had to wait until the goalies would have all been gone. So I just took one. Him and yeah. Samsonov. We'll never really do it again. Really working out for you. 
Yeah, there's a reason I'm in 11th place out of 12. Are you in 11th? Yeah. You're, I don't know That's where you are. unfortunate. I'm probably top yeah. five. Um, another quick one here. Frank Vitrano. Um, I really like him. He's got 20 goals in the year, 30 points, both leading the team in goals and points. He was undrafted. He came onto the Bruins out of UMass Amherst. So I think he won the league championship there. Now representing the Ducks at the All-Star game. Um, which is just crazy. It's really cool. He had a cool moment where he found out his wife and his daughter brought in like the note from him to his stall to let him know he was doing it. So nice moment. I just like that story of a kid that just that just worked harder to to make it, and now he's an all star. Maybe something a, you know about. Typical Pat for B guy. He probably loves him. Kind of fought his way to the NHL, undrafted. Yeah, bounced around the league a long time. He's been kind of Bruins, Panthers. You know, now with the Ducks. So. He's just a guy who's just all. You think he's just always around, you know what I mean? He's had some decent playoff runs with the Rangers. He had that long playoff run. He played fairly well. I think he was almost a point per game with the Rangers. So I don't know, Frank Vitrano. I'm glad he's getting the recognition because before this year, because I think he's kind of surpassed these guys now. But I kind of put him in with like Evan Rodriguez and Sonny Milano, where like no one ever gives him credit, and then they just do great things all the time. They have a highlight reel goal, or they just score some big stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's really good. Why has he never really signed much of a contract? Why is signing Milano on a PTO? I thought he was a star for the Ducks. You know what I mean? Evan yeah. Rodriguez is signing halfway into the season. Just It just doesn't make any sense to me. But now Frank's getting that recognition. He's getting that paycheck, too. He's making $3.65 million. But so, mind you, that is in California. So if you want to play the tax game, he's probably really only taking home. So if you make $3 million, He's getting 50 whacked right off the top in California, if not more. I don't know how the state tax works there. I know it's high. I played in San Jose. I was getting 50 whacked. I don't know if it's geographically. So that 3.6 turns into 1.8 real quick, real quick. After that, what do you think he's got? He's renting something you think he bought? Well, before we even get to his expenses, like the agent's taking a cut, right? Okay. The agent gets 3%. So what's 3% on 3 million? The $90,000, Yeah. So the agent gets a cut. That comes off the top. That comes before taxes. So that's already right off the top. So if you went from, boom, 50% taxes, agent gets a cut, you're already down to like 1.7, 1.6 of his money. Right. That he gets to take home. So right there, you're at a $3.65 million contract. You're only taking home 1.6. And isn't there like escrow and health insurance and all the stuff that also gets taken out of the check? There's a 20% escrow on every single check. Um, health insurance, no, that's that's kind of bundled into the the taxes and everything. But yeah, so he's that's crazy. So twenty yeah. percent, he's already that. That's another two hundred, three hundred thousand off the top. So he's taking home one point two million dollars, say, on a so, three point six five million dollar contract. That's more than I make. More than I make. But still, you figure you sign a deal. You sign a three year deal for like just over ten million dollars. There's a good chance he comes out of this with only like four million dollars. Three or four. That's still a life changing amount of money. But yeah. Not, it's not 10. It's crazy. Uh, you know what? Hockey players need to get paid more. It's not fair. It's not fair. Alan you should Walsh, be making more. Your, your guy. He needs to stop um, tweeting. Stay out of Twitter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one more out there that I didn't put on the agenda. So this is a surprise to you. But um, oh, this kid oh. is just an absolute stud. And I, I just forgot to put him on. Brock Faber, the defenseman in Minnesota. Have you heard yep, about this yep. kid? Oh, um, yes. He's very good. 20 points in 40 games. So he's, you know, he's a, a rookie who's, uh, let's see, 21 years old on pace for 40 points his rookie year. 
What's really impressive is the minutes that he's logging. He's already, he's averaging 24 a game, but already five times this year, he's played more than 30 minutes in regulation, all regulation games. Just crazy. He just like, he just, he just doesn't get tired. And he's, and he's been asked about that. And he just like says all the right things. He's like, I'm just trying not to mess up out there. I'm really grateful for the, for the responsibility and the trust from the coach. I'm going to go out and do my thing. And that's it. Um, and I just, he, I love watching him skate. He's become like a darling of like NHL Network and ESPN. They show his stuff all the time on Twitter and on the broadcast. And he's just so, so good. So really, really underrated player. And actually, he's, he's probably the favorite for the Calder now that Bedard is out. Well, you got Hughes in New Jersey who's doing pretty well, but he's, um, yeah, he's a local kid, Maple Grove, Minnesota. I used to go there all the time. Daniel used to work over there, but he, um, what was I going to say? He's, he's taken over for Matt Dumba. I'd be like, Dumba left. They knew this guy. They had him in the wings, and he's taken all his minutes, and he's doing more offensively than Dumba ever did. I, I watched a few games for Minnesota. His kid's legit. He's got a high offensive upside. He just, he's really good, too. I'm glad you put That's him on the list. Skater. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fluid. Good for him. Local boy. Went to University of Minnesota. Only for one year, though. You know, you no, three years. Sorry. Three years. He Good. reminds me of um, McAvoy, but better skater. Maybe not as, as strong, but um, yeah, smoother skater. Should we get him on the show? Um, I bet you I can get him. Yeah. Love to. Love to. I bet you he's drafted or agents with my agent. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll reach out. Sure. I'll reach out. All right. Okay. Anything else, Tim? Sure. Yeah, these quick kits. Quick kits are brought to you by DoorDash. Ordering is easy. When you use the DoorDash app, choose what you want from the place that you want and get the food that you want. It'll be left at your doorstep. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app, enter promo code NATION25, that's all caps. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms may apply. Just one quick kit for you, John. The news broke yesterday that Corey Perry had a meeting with Gary Bettman, and now he's eligible to sign with any NHL team. First, your reaction to this news? I expected. Wasn't yeah. that always known? Did it, did everybody not know that, or was everybody expecting him to be like banished into the outer darkness because he allegedly did something and the Hawks overreacted? Well, again. It's it's first is would Bettman let him because I know these are totally different situations, but there have been coaches and other situations that Bettman is not allowed back into the league yet. So we you don't know for sure that Bettman was going to allow it to. And then the second question, obviously, is who's going to sign him? Where does he go? Riddle me this, Batman. A player disappears from his hotel room. No one knows where he is. Whisked away by team staff. In his room is a girl passed out with no identification. The cops are called. A lot of confusion. She's saying this guy's threatening my life. That guy's still playing hockey. Another player, a veteran, goes to a team event, gets served too much. No one else knows what happened. Maybe he made a pass at somebody. We don't know. There's no information. Overserved. He might not be allowed back in the NHL. Make make that make sense for me. Yeah. Tim? Can't do it. It's isn't it bizarre? Isn't it just bonkers? That just like it it's crazy. There's no rhyme or reason for what happens in life. It's just do you think it's just the perception of everything? Like Corey Perry was a bigger thing. People picked up on it. There was a lot of unknowns, so your imagination run wild runs wild, whereas the Nushushkin thing, they kept it under wraps fairly good. And then it just went away. Because the playoffs were starting. 
that's what it is. It's the unknown. Is that no information came out except that there was some event. You know what I mean? But no one knows what he did still to this day. It's not public. We're at least in the Chuskin thing. Yeah, it's probably worse. And I, I can't imagine it's not worse than whatever Perry did. But no, but I will definitively him. say it's definitely worse. Okay. Um, that but girl at almost least died, I think, didn't she? Like, wasn't I? I don't know. But the public's like uh, craving for information and drama was satisfied by the the amount of information that was released. So they moved on, and there's no no more outrage about it. Even though, like you said, it's unequivocally worse than whatever Perry did. So um, it's a lot of it's just perception and PR. And Gary's very good at that game. Yeah, but why, what's the end game here? You want Corey Perry in the league? Like, yeah, he. So there's a lot of unknowns. Okay, so where does where does he sign? Yeah. Well, oh, go back to Nishushkin. I yeah, let's do that. No, no, no. the question, the question. Oh, the question. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's no really rumors yet. I don't know that he's been even allowed to talk to teams prior to this. So this is probably just starting. I think there's a lot oh, of teams. His agent's been on the phone ever since the contract was terminated with Chicago. You Maybe. believe that? There's there's no uh, way he hasn't been. It's it's Toronto. There's rumors Toronto, out there. Edmonton, New York, Rangers. A lot of teams could use Toronto. him. A lot of teams- He's a Toronto kid. He he grew up in the area. He wants to play for the Leafs. If he can sign there for a cheap, he will. Yeah. Imagine him going there for a million bucks, throw him on the fourth line. It's a no-brainer. Like they they they've have a history of going after these vets like this. So but it, it then it just gets into the PR side of it again. Can Toronto handle that kind of bad press because he will come with bad press wherever he goes it'll be amplified in toronto whereas if you go to a team like dallas not so much right because who really covers the dallas stars a few beat writers that's it so you have to take that into consideration the tim tebow effect he's gonna he has a lot of baggage with him i think he signs 100 percent. yeah yeah and does does he have an impact on, on a cup team him. Uh, absolutely. He was playing great this year. He was yeah. playing fantastic hockey for the Hawks. He was one of their better players. And he produces in the playoffs. Like, let's, he did it with Montreal. He did it with Tampa Bay. The guy, he, Dallas. Yeah. he lives for the playoffs, man. Like, he really does shine when the lights are the brightest. Very few of us do. I do. Do you, Tim? No. What's your biggest hockey game ever? Like, your most impactful was it like a a club team game or a college game or high school well like in terms of like the a dramatic moment pressure yeah i scored a goal in seventh overtime when i was a kid that was it was uh it was a tournament and it was like a mid-season tournament and they like did two minutes of five on five and then another two minutes five on five and you couldn't um we were younger and you couldn't switch it up they wouldn't let you switch it up for each two minutes like you had to keep the same players out there. So we were winded. The refs like didn't know what to do. And then they went down to four on four, then three on three, then two on two. And then every two minutes we put out two, two different players on two on two. And eventually I scored. It was like, it was crazy. It was crazy. That sounds very just suspect. They're just making up the rules at that point. They didn't know. They were like, it was like a mid season tournament. The next teams were waiting to play. Like it wasn't like, but um, Yeah. They needed a winner, and, and they, they needed a hero. The they needed a hero, and that you was, said that's uh, me. Yeah, that was that was an emotional that was an emotional game. That was a lot of fun. What about you? Any uh, any big moments ever besides the All Star game? No. 
Didn't you win something in high school? Like a championship? Yeah, but I, I didn't do anything in particular, like game winners or anything. Yeah. You know what I always like doing? When I was in college, I would go out and play darts. And I was a very solid dart player. But I would always sandbag for the first three quarters of the game. And the people would get super cocky. Like, let's play for drinks. And I'm like, all right, fine. Like, let's go. And we were drinking the whole time. And I'm like, let's throw something like substantial, like buy me drinks for the rest of the night. Oh, yeah, okay. And I do this or whatever. And I just like, boom, 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 boom. I was a good dart player. That, that That's like pressure. You know what I mean? I do it with my friends. Everyone we play like me. cornhole, like stuff like that. I like, like I, I excel in those type of situations, like bar games. People watching. People are loving it. Because I have Are such an advantage with darts because I can lean in, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm just like placing the darts on the board. <laughs> Pinning them on the wall. <laughs> Bullseye. I got it. <laughs> hey, do you know the comedian Nate Bargatze? I don't. Uh, you like him. Very like clean humor, but he's so funny. He was, he, no, that's uh, who played Washington in that SNL skit two weeks ago. That's the guy that, that you told me about. Um, anyway, I'm seeing him this weekend in Charlotte. Like a date? For- uh, the group thing. I've never seen live comedy except for like, you know, stand up open mic nights at bars. Never really seen a professional. So it'll be fun. You saw me in Chicago, Second City. It's pretty much yeah, the same thing. You know, how much of that do you remember? No, no. <laughs> Only one thing. Uh, I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> it's a quiet night in the Scott household. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We appreciate the support. Go download Give Better app. We need some help here. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 